You're listening to Left of the Dial. I am your host, Kitsy, and with me, as always, is the undeniable Caleb Coy. Caleb, how are you today? You know, I would try to deny it, but it just uh, it just can't happen. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm cool with it. <laughs> I was nearly flapped recently, but I, I also remain <laughs> unflapped. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so today we have a uh, super special guest for you all. Um, you just heard a little bit off of the opening track from their new record uh, called You Are Someone You Know. The track is called End of the World, and that record is actually out today. Uh, welcome, Lauren from Warriors. How are you today? Good, Yay. how are you? Fantastic. Very stoked <laughs> to have you here. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I need to, to get out right away that, that Kitsy would not let me uh, pair You Are Someone You Know with Yourself or Someone Like You by Matchbox um, <laughs> 20. Just would not let it happen. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting. Thank you. That I knew that was going to happen at some point. <laughs> so for some context there, we have this big Google Doc where we keep track of all the records we're going to do for our episodes and things like that. And um, before you had agreed to uh, be on this episode, um, it was just going to be norm- another normal episode. And I had the, the album listed in there. And I saw Caleb start typing in um, <laughs> that, the name of that record. Yeah. And I just started typing no, 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 no after it. <laughs> and then I think I threatened to fire him from the podcast. So I think you no. did fire me from the podcast, which like reminds me, why am I still here? It's like, I that's how it's going to be. <laughs> Look, to be fair, if that's really your pick, you deserve to get fired. I'm sorry. I, I mean, don't, don't shame me. <laughs> okay. You're right. You're right. I'm not, I'm not here to yuck your yum. Uh, <laughs> but before we get... Uh, too far into the weeds here uh lauren you picked uh a record that means a lot to you to talk about on this episode so why don't you tell us a little bit about that record and why you love it um well uh the record i picked is um american steel jagged thoughts and um i mean I, i i don't i don't even know if i want to say that like this this record like like means a lot to me, it's just a record that, um, or I feel like that maybe holds more emotional significance than, than um, certain songs might. But um, uh, yeah, Jagged Thoughts is just it's just a record that um, I remember um, an old bandmate gave me the uh, the vinyl version of it, um, probably in like. 2008 or something so it came out in 2001 and i was i i wasn't aware of american steel um but like my bandmates were all really big fans and um it was one of those records that was like oh you have to hear this like it wasn't and and this was before you know you could just google things and and you know listen to whatever you wanted in a minute so um 
I mean, I guess they could have included it on a mix for me or something, and maybe they did, but um, but it was just like, okay, you you have to own this on vinyl. <laughs> there, there wasn't like a, we'll see if you like it first. It was just like, no, you have to have this record. And um, and I totally loved it, totally into American Steel after that. Um, and I feel like it just really connected with me, both for like the kind of music we were playing at that point um, and this really awesome mix of... of um, kind of gruff punk rock but but also super catchy and super melodic and really emotional i don't know i just i've always really loved um loved the vocals on on these records so i don't know it just kind of gave me this image in my head of can you imagine something like this podcast but 20 years ago uh, before streaming, before digital, like when you had to have a physical copy of something and like trying to talk about like uh, like all of these records and like people like frantically going out to their local record store and like thumbing through trying to find <laughs> as though like people frantically listen to anything that we recommend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like not, ne- not even us necessarily, but just like any kind of like music recommendation podcast like this, like any concept like this, like people having to like run out and try to find a physical copy instead of just being yeah. like, I'm just going to listen to this on Spotify tomorrow on my way to work or like on Apple Music or whatever. Yeah, like I don't know how I would have listened to American Steel at that point unless someone put it on a mix, physically gave me a CD or yeah. I found it in a store or like yeah. you know a CD or record. Like, um yeah. I, I think I about love that. like how many of the picks that uh, I've come up with for our episodes that like are literally things that I just stumbled across in a record store like 20 years ago and like, are still things I love. Uh, yeah, it's it's just no, totally. it's it's a totally different experience for finding music now. Yeah, those were dark times. No, totally. And so, yeah, I guess it's like that's why this record is significant to me, also, because it's not. I mean, it's not just a record that somebody told me about. It's like a record that somebody gave me. Why don't we go ahead and listen to a little bit of one of the tracks off of this record, uh, Lauren? Do you want to pick one of the standout tracks for you? Maybe let's talk about um, "Lonely All the Time." good example to me of like why being introduced to American Steel with this record like totally worked and I actually think that it was a strategic move 
on on my ex-bandmate Mike's part that they gave me Jagged Thoughts instead of Rogue's March because Lonely All the Time is like, I mean, it's it sounds like classic American Steel, but it's like kind of like a Motown soul jam also. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. Like, and then it has the organ at the end or like in the choruses and stuff. Like, it sounds super poppy and you can kind of like snap along to it, but then it's, um, it's, a, it's a really dark song. Um, and you just sing about being lonely all the time. That's pretty on point for the kind of music I usually like. <laughs> it sounds really poppy, or it sounds it sounds really catchy and hooky, but it's really sad. A sad um, song that sounds happy. That's a that's a recurring theme. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I would also say like that definitely. You know, it's it's kind of on brand for for the, the kind of music you like. But I'd also say it's on brand for a lot of the stuff that you yeah. write too. Um, I when you for this it's funny because the the last uh guest spot we did was with with Bacchae and their new record and they picked uh Doolittle by the Pixies and at first thought I was like why did they pick that one and then listening to it like I was like oh I can totally see like how this influenced them and it was the same thing with this record is you know I think I'd heard it maybe once before oh okay you uh proposed it for the podcast and listening and then listening through it I was just like Oh, okay. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or definitely, I feel like when I've, um, especially because I've actually seen American Steel a couple times recently, um, which is, which has been really cool. And, um, I, I think since seeing, seeing them recently, it is one of those things I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like I definitely listen to this band a lot because it's like, I totally hear stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love that. Like if you listen to our records, it's like, yeah, I'm, obviously like American Steel. But yeah, that's why that's totally why I, I connect with them and this this record to a certain extent. I love that you called out the organ because I think I was in a bit of a mood when I listened to this record. And like uh if you listen to any of when I'm, are you not? Uh, yeah. Uh, like if, if you check out any of the the past episodes for anyone just kind of just joining us on this one. Um that's something that is a recurring theme for me is that I'm very much a uh, a, a captive to whatever mood I'm in when I first listen to a record, and that's my immediate response. Uh, and my only reaction to this song was, they did that thing with the organ that bands do. <laughs> <laughs> Which yep. is not to say, yeah. like, a good or bad thing. It's just like, oh, they did that thing with the organ. And I love that you specifically called attention to that, because that's the first thing that jumped out at me. Like, there is definitely organ in this song. <laughs> yep, yep. No, I'm totally. I'm. I'm. I'm into it. I'm into the like '50s vibe <laughs> done by a punk by a punk band. <laughs> I'm. I'm here for it. I, I love that. That that's just such a a classic Caleb analysis too. Like, oh, they did that thing that bands do. <laughs> just completely undescriptive, but somehow says exactly what it is. I, don't know, um, I love that. So, like, I I I'm now analyzing your analysis. So that's where it. we're at. My my now. thoughts on this were like all super scattered and they were very like knee jerk reactionary. Like I looked at the cover, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be like some acoustic stuff. And like first nope. song starts, I'm like, nope, this is not an acoustic <laughs> record. And uh, like I'm listening to to one track, I'm like, this is like Springsteen. Is Springsteen we're into ska? <laughs> That's so weird, because this is not a ska band. No, it's not at all. Not even a little bit, but like, I just get, 
these weird connections in my head that make no sense at all outside. Like, and I, I speak them out loud, and I know that like they don't make any sense. But like in here, it's like, yeah, this is exactly what this sounds like to me. <laughs> Uh, Caleb, I'm curious, do you remember which song it was that uh, gave you the Springsteen uh, but into Scott? So I noted that on several, but the very first one that I took that note on was Shrapnel. The oh, the opening track. track. Yeah, first, uh, I, I, I literally said, starts with almost a Springsteen spy, vibe if the boss listened to Ska. So not like not not even like Springsteen play, playing ska, but if like if Bruce was like a ska fan and then wrote a record, huh? <laughs> okay, yeah, That's, I don't know. That's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I don't know gonna, where to go. I don't with know. That. I'm need a little more context on that. I'm not sure. Yeah, like I guess I was in a mood. I would like take go. it take it for what it's worth. Like most of my commentary on this record, uh, it has like that's that's exactly the value that you're getting it from. And I was in a mood, and I'm like, <laughs> Springsteen listening to ska. Let's do this. <laughs> sure. stands out to me that they um that they kind of have have mean lyrics um or like not mean is maybe not the right word but um there's a lot of really um like sharp language like descriptively sharp things across their record so it's not even just this but it's like so the like the lyrics to this like the first part of the song are like jagged Jagged words are all I've heard, spitting shards of vitriol, jagged thoughts, they're all that I've got, shredding my soul. There's just like, it feels like you're being torn apart. I do like um, that line a lot. Almost as if being hit by shrapnel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh-huh, that's part of why they yep. named it that. <laughs> yeah, and then you just like yell shrapnel in the, uh, in the chorus. Um, there you go. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like they they have really good ways of of describing things that are um, 
kind of gut-wrenching, and I think that's what connects a lot of people to them, maybe. There's um, definitely something, like, very, like, almost, like, heartbreakingly brutal about, so wipe the tears from your eyes, baby. No one's got to see you dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. It's like, ah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the other the other examples of that. I didn't, I didn't do a good job at like outlining my paper on Jagged Thoughts, but um, yeah, like a, a lot of it is like very bittersweet, very gut-wrenching, like kind of punch you in the stomach lyrics. Um, and, and again, like the way that, that shrapnel starts, you, you don't think that it's a particularly dark or, uh, like a sad, super sad song or something. Yeah. Um, it's it. It sounds like it might even be upbeat, and then uh, and then it's just like it's it's pretty emo. It's pretty emo. They, I don't think they would yeah. like it if <laughs> to be just described as such. But I mean, if 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 they if they can be described as emo, then so can my lyrics. So whatever. But um, uh, but yeah, it's. I mean. But they're super tough, is the thing. It's like... A band writing lyrics like this in the late 90s, early 2000s, like, I'm sorry, your your music is fair game for that descriptor, because that's when we all learned that word. Yeah. No, that's very true. <laughs> that is very true. I mean, they were operating during the exact same time. And, and I think... But I think that that's why, like, myself or my friends, like, really liked American Steel in general, because... Um, you know, it, it was right around the time when there were, like, a ton of emo bands. And I was like, I'm not in the emo scene. Like, it just wasn't my bag. And um, But, like, this was a band that had maybe just similarly emotional lyrics or that, you know, that, that it, that it was actually about like your feelings and, yeah. but, but also sounded like, uh, you know, you could kick the door down listening to their music, you know? Yeah. Uh, that as much as, as much as a song like shrapnel is kind of sad, um, it also makes me kind of want to fight someone. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that I think I think that's what I like about them. That's what I like about this record. It's like super. It's super poppy. It's, but but not in a sugary way at all. And um, you can sing along, but it's still like Rory's voice is just breaking up all over the place. And you know, same thing with Matt. But then it also sounds like I will, like you could fight someone, which I think makes it a punk record, maybe. Something that gets lost often in the descriptor emo, like you know, the, you you use the word sugary, and I like that because uh, it's like this. It, it's often used for what's kind of almost like like sappy, sad, whatnot. But like, there's a lot of there's a whole spectrum to emotion, and emo was essentially just supposed to be like emotional punk or emotional rock hardcore whatnot and so like it can be very fitting here like whether it's the the emotion is anger and like rage or if it's sadness i think that that's an interesting perspective on a record like this no totally i almost feel like i shot myself in the foot because i f i feel like american seal is one of those bands that like i just so like intrinsically like like they're just a part of my yeah you know, musical lexicon that I don't even think about it anymore. And then when I have to think about it, I'm like, wait, what? Like, deconstructing their songs is, is not something I've necessarily 
done in a long time, but I feel like I used to all the time. Like my bandmates and I just used to talk about like their music or like whatever other uh, bands like them around that time, you know, like trying to figure it out. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that kind of threw me off early on when we started this podcast a whole two months ago. It's really hard to talk about these records that you've loved and listened to forever because, you know, listening to them for enjoyment versus listening to them to like analyze and talk about them is a completely different Absolutely. thing. Yeah. And one thing I've learned is that like early on, I tried to be like, oh, I know this record. I'll just, you know, I'll just talk about it off the cuff. And what I've learned is like, no, I need to sit down and like really listen to it and write yeah. notes. Otherwise... You know, I, I come to the podcast and I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's a good record and it sounds cool. Yeah. Well, but I feel it's weird. It's like I didn't take notes before we sat down to talk about this, but it's something that like, I feel like I've listened to this record so many times. Like, it's not like it's a new record to me that, mm-hmm. um, right. you know, especially when I first got, I just listened to this record so much. Um, I feel like the way, the way they put all the songs together, like I, I feel like their, their way of having, um, having a two guitar band is is different than a lot of the other uh like similar punk bands to to a certain extent how so i don't i mean i feel like um and and having seen them a bunch recently you would think i would know who plays what by now but um you know like <laughs> whether it's rory or ryan doing whatever but um uh, I guess I always I always recognize the fact that like they're you know they're not a super shreddy band so it's not like there's one one person playing like the su- super rhythm and and then another person noodling over it like that doesn't really operate that way but one of them is always like I feel like there's always the the treble and the high end of the guitar that like a lot that not all punk bands might get you know like they're not just playing like the bass end of power chords the whole time and getting that like full range of the guitar i feel like i always really liked and maybe that's part of like why they have an acoustic guitar on the front of their record you know because it's it's certainly not folk punk but it but you could play a lot of these songs on an acoustic guitar i think it like kind of that vibe of like a lot of this probably rewritten and just sitting around a room like with an acoustic just figuring shit out and like when it feels right it feels right and then like you play it for the band and everybody adds their parts like it definitely feels yeah. like it could be that kind of record yeah and just like pick, picking it apart like that like i can i can hear i don't know i can just hear the diff- different parts really well at this point but well and it's especially because i don't really think that um for the music i was listening to at the time that american steel really sounded especially similar like what else were you listening to then? Uh, if, I'm trying to think of what was like big in 2006, <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, it's like I was listening to Rancid and Less Than Jake and uh, the Buzzcocks and um, Billy Bragg and stuff that was on the Epitaph mixes and like some indie rock, but not really. You know, there was definitely a lot of pop punk in there or like you know propaganda i was listening to a lot of a lot more political uh punk probably think strike anywhere maybe um strike anywhere no they're great um and and so i feel like you know i was listening to a lot of hardcore which which maybe uh this record almost verges on that or like it combines that sort of vibe with pop punk but yeah it's like a lot of these songs are slow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then, like, every once in a while, there's, like, a, f- a faster, more 
like straightforward punk song. I think it's really interesting that there's like there's a handful of like somewhat longer songs like for the genre almost like surprisingly long like like five five and a half minute long songs, but then like interspersed as a bunch of like one and a half to two minute songs. Yeah, so yeah, that makes like, no sense to me. Yeah, like shrap- shrapnel is like four and a half minutes long. Lonely all the time is like almost five minutes long. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. What? Like, it, it, you don't, I mean, I guess that's the thing. It's like, I don't think of American Steel as a band that writes like five minute long songs, but here we are. Yeah, you absolutely wouldn't expect that. And then you listen to like, wait, no, this is still going. Like, no. And then there's a new life is a minute and a half. Like, what? Like, I don't. <laughs> And, and and the thing is, the, the record before, which is the, like, uh, Rogue's March, that super fast, super punk, like, that's that's what my friends got into at first of theirs, obviously. Um, and uh, most of the songs are under three minutes. So this was definitely, like, a, a break from that. And I think that's also probably why I was given this record. That's like, okay, you might not like all this, the super fast, growly, record of theirs right off the bat. I do love that record now, but um, I think Jagged Thoughts is a really good melodic intro to American Steel. It's funny that you mentioned uh, There's a New Life in particular, because that's the first one where I wrote, like, this is the most punk song so far. Because I guess <laughs> yeah. in my head, I went into this record expecting, like, a total punk record. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I had no no real context or reason to think that, but I guess that's just uh, again, I was in a mood, so maybe that was just like, I'm going to listen to punk today. And that was not what I got. Uh, but that was the, the first song. It was like, okay, this is a punk song. And it's the first like really kind of short song on the record. I mean, it's a minute and a half, literally, 132. Yeah. After, <laughs> after like three and a half and four and a half minute long songs. No, totally. And like, yeah. And uh, the other song that, that I feel like has always really stood out to me, um, Maria, that's almost five minutes long. I almost feel like this is American Steel making an indie record, which had I told my friends that when I got the record, that would have been like a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, start some fights with that one. Yeah, no, no, no ah. and now and, and now I'm just realizing that like I don't know why I picked a record made by people I know, but um, or now no, but you know. <laughs> Now this is just going to be awkward. But I love them. I love them. So I kind of want to hear your thoughts on Maria because uh, the the most like standout note that I took was this is a roller coaster. Like it's kind of all over the place with uh, the intensity of the song and like the parts to me that I felt were interesting and that maybe were less so. Uh, like it's like this like these ups and downs. And I'm curious like what like both of y'all's thoughts were on that song. 
I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what you're what you're referring to as a roller coaster. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Again, my my reactions are, are very knee jerk, so it could very much have been like like I I didn't like the intro, but then I liked the chorus, but then I didn't like the verse or something. Like it could very much have been something like that for all I know. <laughs> oh yeah. Um well, I mean, it definitely it definitely changed. I mean, it's a weird one. I don't know. It's a long one. And it's and it's one that almost it's I mean, he doesn't like talk over it, but I feel like the the vocal melodies are kind of rambly or they, they kind of go go all over the place and then and then the chorus is just super straightforward. It's a really good hook. And I I mean, you don't even have to know what the song is about and I get this kind of longing from it, which I think yeah. is really pretty. Actually, like I'm, I'm reading through the the lyrics, and like I'm starting to remember like parts of it. Like, there's like, yeah, I think like you said, it, it starts a little rambly, and then there's like these really interesting melody lines like leading into and out of the chorus uh, that like just they they hook me, and then I'm like, oh, maybe not, and then yet, and then again, and there are some uh, some interesting uh, lyric lines too in this in this song. Like you, you sigh as hard as a rock. It cuts your laugh lines absurd, uh, and like again, like this really kind of like harsh, like really like meant to like cut deep sort of lyrics. Yeah, yeah. It's so like there's just a consistently a lot of lyrics about being physically hurt in a way that you don't. I don't associate necessarily associate with them right off the bat. You know, it's really like it gets really visceral. Maybe that's a good. A good term. It, it makes me wonder if you know. You, you mentioned a lot of the lyrics kind of allude to being physically hurt, and I, I and I wonder if that's being used as more of a metaphor for being hurt, uh, like mentally or sure. and emotionally, or if it's like actually just being very literal about like being physically hurt. And it's it's uh, it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's. A, I mean, a lot of times it seems like it's it's said in metaphor, but there's also. You know, in the first verse, some of the lyrics are, but they bleed in your face, like a bully spitting up a bad taste. Yeah. You know, just just that stuff. It's, like, very physical. Like, I really get a picture from that. Oh, for sure. But then there's, a, there's you know, there's other lines that are clearly more emotional. Yeah, and maybe, and maybe that's why that connects with me, in a way. I don't know. Because I feel like you can really feel everything that they're singing. I really like the line, amending this fifth of old age, just minding these six strings. That, like, that to me just brings it an imagery of just like slamming a bottle of whiskey and trying to write a song and like trying to make sense of the world around you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But what I kind of love now thinking back on this, like, I feel like, you know, folks, folks, I, you know, my, my bandmates, I, I know that that was probably a line that they really loved. Like I'm mending this fifth of old age, Mm -hmm. like thinking about like, like this romantic notion of like, yeah, just like, Drinking whiskey, playing guitar, yep, <laughs> being like getting older, and it's just you're just sort of miserable. And I'm like, I bet, I bet, like that they were all like under thirty when this record came out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They had to be. <laughs> they had to be. And and you know the the both myself and my friends, well after this record came out, while um, or you know a few years after this record came out. Um, listening to it and connecting with that and having this feeling of like, oh, I'm getting older. <laughs> it's like, I was probably 25, maybe 25. That it's just like, what are you talking, that there's this, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, I, I feel like 
especially in that like social circle or the guys I knew at that point, it feels very like there was this definitely like romantic notion of like already being old and sad. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not in that place anymore, but that was definitely a thing, you know, when, when I was, when I was playing my first band, that was absolutely a thing. I can definitely relate to that. Cause like, I feel, I felt, older and sadder in my mid-20s than I do in my mid-30s. Yeah. Which is weird because obviously, like, mid-30s is clearly older than mid-20s. That's how numbers work. You know, I, I think I think a lot of it came from, from music and, you know, songs and lyrics like yeah. this where, you know, it just kind of, like, had this... You know, like I think Lauren, you said like romanticized uh, notion of like being old, and that was definitely a way I was feeling in 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 my mid twenties. That, that's you know now I just feel physically old, <laughs> like with my back hurting all the time. Yeah, but mentally I feel so much younger. But yeah, I but I like I like that though, and that's like a nostalgic feeling for me. Yeah, um, like this this record. I mean, they're from the Bay Area, but I really connect this record with like. New Brunswick, um, and going to shows in New Brunswick, in New Jersey. Um, like, it feels, it, like, this record just feels like a New Brunswick basement show to me. I can see that. That's a great one-sentence descriptor for this <laughs> yeah. record, yeah. I think. Yeah, weirdly. Because, like, as soon as, you, as soon as you said that, I was like, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> like, like, I am in a room with a dirt floor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that, that is this record. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to pick a track from this record to uh, to go out on and then uh, we can take our break and sure and come back. yeah um uh yeah why don't, why don't we listen to maria that'd be rad so let's uh listen to maria we'll take a break and when we come back we will talk about a uh, new record from warriors you or someone you know stay tuned Oh, it's just mine and 
Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, And I'm Caleb Coy. And together, we plumb the murkiest depths and scour the darkest corners of the internet in search of movies. Movies you might have missed. Or purposefully skipped over. We break down the madness and offer tiny tidbits of trivia. Or sometimes just yell into the abyss about how these movies ever got made. Catch a new episode every week. You're listening to Left of the Dial. You just heard uh, some more of End of the World, which is the opening track off of You or Someone You Know, the new record by Warriors out today Woo! Uh, on 6131 Records. So yeah, this is uh, this is your new record. This is the first song on it. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Um, sure. This one, I feel like, I, I actually think that this was one of the last ones we wrote for the record and kind of Im- immediately felt like it would be the opener. It really came from a place of, you know, wanting to express that that feeling of it just constantly feels like the apocalypse. <laughs> like it just constantly feels like what completely ridiculous news are we going to get today? What am I going to have to deal with? What is going to happen in the future? How do we handle that or process that? And wanting to um like figure out a relationship in that moment. Yeah, it was just it was really fun song to write i think i wrote this song for mikey to play drums on i'm so glad you said that because one of the notes i wrote on the song is that mikey's drum work on this is just fantastic yeah thanks i mean he's he's always amazing but it was definitely one of those things where like knowing how he plays and knowing the kind of dramatic hits he can do i was like oh this is yeah this i want i want to write a song that has this kind of a big rock drummer (laughs) drum intro yeah 
So yeah, that was just really fun. The very first note that I took uh, on this record, like period, was from this song, uh, which makes sense, you know, logical. It's the the first track on the record. Uh, was this is the epic intro I crave at all times? <laughs> like th- th- basically, like this is how I want every record I ever listen to to start. That's <laughs> this, great. Like, I love it. Huge like reel me right in sort of hook, uh, mm-hmm. and it did and. Uh, take it as a compliment. I actually like. I came home uh, a couple days ago from like a really like rough day at work, and like sat down to listen to this record and take notes on it. And I struggled to take notes not because I didn't have feelings about the record, but because it was so easy to get lost in this record. Aww. And like I, I definitely like I put this track on repeat for a while and just sat here at my desk and just like decompressed from the day and was like this is just this is exactly what i need (laughs) oh that's great i love that that's really cool i also uh i just want to call out that yesterday um i didn't actually see it until this morning but but last night caleb just out of nowhere sent me a text that just says end of the world is a fucking jam yes (laughs) (laughs) i love that the unprompted (laughs) yes comment no that's great and i couldn't agree more um I mean, this song, yeah, this song is a fantastic opener. It's uh, It's got uh, big opener energy, I would say. Big opener energy, <laughs> I like it. it. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm making it yeah. a thing, so it's a thing now. No, that's cool. Over the, the big intro parts, what is that that's kind of like floating through the background? Is that like a, a programmed sample, or is that like a piano, or like what is playing that little melody? It's an arpeggiated synth thing that I made and I don't know how I did it and it just worked and that's what lives in the song now. I love it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Nice. Yeah, it was definitely a product of of, of really playing around with these songs a, a lot before recording and this, it just stuck but it's just a weird uh, arpeggio thing that I, I really liked. It really ties it all together, I think. It does. Very well. Thanks. It also sounds to me like there's there's a guitar playing like a high like fifth interval uh in that part too is that am I just making that um, up or am I, is that really there That might be part of the sim thing it, but I'm yeah I'm wondering what you're talking about but I mean there's um yeah there's like a couple different guitar parts like kind of strumming out in the intro so okay. that could be it yeah I don't know there's there's a lot going on in this record um in in a very good way I mean there's a lot of little subtle things like I've been listening to it in my car a lot um, cause I've been driving a lot the past couple of weeks for reasons. Uh, <laughs> but I really got to sit down and listen to it like in my studio on my nice monitors in my treated room for the first time today. And it's just like, wow, there's like so much just little things going on here and there. And like, Oh, that's great. Really interesting, like good, interesting, like panning choices and, and things like that, that I just geek out. Oh, on. that's and, great. And it's, uh, it's a great, it's a great record for that, which is probably a good segue into what I wanted to talk about is you worked with pretty incredible producer on this record. Yeah, actually that, yeah. I mean, when, when you're talking about panning choices and like lots of little, little Easter eggs in there, it's like, that's it, definitely part of, of working with John and yellow. Yeah. He was amazing. This record was a lot of fun to make with him. And for anyone out there uh, who doesn't know, um, cause I actually didn't, I remember when you were recording this record, tweeting about being excited to work with him. And I was like, I don't know that name. And I looked up his credits and I was like, Oh, but I know his work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you definitely do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he did. Um, he did "Boys and Girls mm-hmm. in America," uh, which is one of my favorite records of all time uh, by the Hold Steady, and he also did "Stay Positive" by the Hold Steady, which is another fantastic record. 
Um, he's also worked with Kurt Vile, Sonic Youth, Dinosaur Jr. I mean, it just goes on and on. Yeah, um, yeah he's worth Sidekicks, you know, Waxahachie, Hopalong. He did. He uh, he produced Painted Shut. Oh, Painted mm-hmm. Shut's a great record too. Yep. I mm-hmm. did not know he did that. That's fantastic. So yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Definitely very familiar with his work. He's done a lot of my favorite <laughs> records. That's fantastic. Is it a little intimidating, or, or maybe maybe intimidating is not the right word, but like weird working with a producer that's worked with you know with bands like that and records like that and and, and you know kind of like now you're among that uh yeah well that peer group now you're you're in that list i, mean, I like, don't know if we're in that list but what you know it's definitely uh, you are um it, it it was intimidating you know like leading up to because we didn't know him why we hadn't we hadn't met him prior to recording um and we had really just communicated by email and obviously like we were all huge fans of his work. I was, you know, had wanted to work with him for years and, and, you know, didn't necessarily even think it would have been possible on this record. And then it sort it just sort of happened. Yeah. It just felt like a huge honor to get, to get to work with him. We were all just so excited. He's super nice. He's great to work with. It wasn't, it wasn't a weird, um, like in studio situation or anything. Um, we, I feel like we worked well together. It was fun. We all had a good time. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, like, when, when you talk about the list of folks he's he's worked with, um, you know, those those are a lot of bands that, um, you know, we all know, whether that's just, like, knowing their music or knowing them personally. And, you know, everyone's super sweet. And it's like, so, of course, uh, you know, he would be great to work with. So He did a fantastic job. This record sounds amazing um thanks it's uh I, I have a i have a very short list of records that are kind of my go-to when i'm uh when i'm producing and mixing stuff it, for like reference mm-hmm. tracks and this has already made it onto that list oh wow. cool that's that's how good this record sounds that's like, rad. i want stuff i do to sound like this <laughs> yeah <laughs> no and i mean i i i'm psyched on how the record sounds but at the same time like kind of with anything you make or anything you work on for a long time it's like you hear it so much that i'm like i have no idea like i have no idea how it sounds anymore yeah, you you lose all perspective after a while yeah no completely and and i mean i didn't listen to it for a while um not intentionally i just it, eventually i was like okay i gotta stop yeah. <laughs> agonizing over this record yeah. um and then um you know went, went back the other day and and you know heard a couple songs from it i was like oh okay i'm psyched on this like this is uh, it was a pretty cool thing that we we made. So, um, yeah, he did a wonderful job. It's always awesome when you can go back with fresh ears and still just be absolutely in love with it, or even like be more so uh, after hearing it again. Because it, it really is like you like you're when it's still fresh and you're still excited about it. You kind of wear it out. You're like you're just listening over and over again, like picking apart every little thing and then set aside and come back to it, like shit. This is still awesome. Yeah. No. Totally. <laughs> No, I'm psyched. So, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully people are people are into it. People are just hearing um, hearing most of it today. So, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully yeah. you're hearing all of it yeah. today since yeah. it is out. Um, it, and if you haven't heard it yet, uh, by all means, go go pick up this record as soon as this podcast is over because every track on it is. A I jam. mean, even like pause right now, go get it, listen to it, and then come back and listen to us talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could do that too. Just don't forget yeah. to listen to the rest yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, please come back. But like, um, please come back. <laughs> but like, go get this as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, if you don't already have it. Um, so, 
I would love to talk about track five, uh, which is Chicago style pizza is terrible. <laughs> I love that name so much. Just let me have the fun that I want. When you sent me when you when you sent us the 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 songs, yeah. uh, I saw that one immediately. I was like, finally, someone said it because I've been saying it for years. Someone's finally calling Chicago out on their pizza. Yeah, and then uh, and then I listen to the song, and it's like not it. about pizza at all. What's going on? No, it's not. No, not even a little bit. I was, I was so disappointed. I was like, man, I thought this was going to be just like a complete diss track on Chicago style pizza, and I was here for it and. This was your moment. Like, I was. Oh, you were ready for no. it. You really. You but you thought that I wrote a song about pizza. <laughs> I mean, I was a little surprised. You know, it yeah. Was, yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's a little. You know, a little lighter than than your normal. Uh, yeah. Your normal material, but every you know every now and then, some sometimes you gotta, you know. Yeah. So I, you know, I was. Funny song. I was a little surprised, but uh, but then I wasn't because it wasn't about pizza at all. Yeah. Well, it's like I said. I all I had to say on the topic and the title. So there you go. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> what more is there, there to say? It's Mike terrible. Move done. On. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what is this song about then? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, um, 
Well, I mean, I th- I think this this one um, is about trying to not not defend myself, but just like kind of a, re- a response to a feeling of like the way I socialize <laughs> sometimes, or like the way the way you can be in groups that like doesn't always look like you're having fun on paper, but you're really enjoying yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like in, in inspired by uh, certain certain situations where I kind of had to be like, I'm fine. Like, I'm just going to sit here. Like, we're at a dance party. I'm standing here talking to a friend. I'm great. <laughs> like, I'm doing fine. Um, you know, and sometimes I'm just maybe a little bit more chill person than than some. Um, and, and yeah, and it's like the main uh, chorus of the song. Like, just let me have the fun that I want. Like that's that's just that's what that's what it's about it, it kind of sounds like a deep dish of feelings <laughs> god damn it <laughs> there we go there we go there it's a pizza song caleb i love you but i hate you so much <laughs> i deserve that i had to say it but i deserve it yeah no it's that i you're right you did have to say it someone did and, and it was you uh <laughs> Um, so yeah, where did the name come from then? If if not if not a deep dish of feelings. Um. Well, I think. Well, I think it it definitely came from that like feeling like like I'm allowed to think Chicago style pizza is terrible. Hell yeah, it's not a big deal. I'm just allowed. I'm allowed to think that. And yeah, like I'm I'm allowed to just hang out by myself or like sit on the beach. I mean, and yeah. it's like a personal thing. What I think you're trying to say is like it's um, you know, just because so many people love this thing or so many people think this is like the way to go, like it's not for you, and that's okay. Is yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Because there are there are a lot of people that love Chicago style pizza. They're all wrong. No, totally. But <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason they've been I don't know if they've been brainwashed or or, or what. Uh, yeah, but it's like you know you can like Chicago style pizza. Yeah, no, that's I don't. That's okay. You you <laughs> can fine. Yeah, you can like it. It's fine if you do. You're wrong, but it's fine. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> I love tomato casserole, yeah. but I've never had pizza in Chicago. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna call myself out. I started listening. To, I mean, again, listening to the songs in order, like you do. I was listening to Power Couple, and I sat there for like. A good 30 seconds really confused as to why I recognize the song. Because I'm the first time. First time I'm listening to the record. Like, Uh straight through. Like, first time. Like, legit. Never heard this record before. I'm like, why the fuck do I know this song? It took me entirely too long to realize it's because we outroed with it in a previous episode uh, to, like, tease that we were going to cover this record oh, okay. <laughs> so i had actually heard yes, the song that's before. right <laughs> i, was, I completely was so confused we did and so that. angry <laughs> i really thought you were about to like call me out no on, like something no. i wasn't even aware of <laughs> Hello. 
Yeah, that was the the first single off the record, I believe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I I guess that's safe to assume that that's why you chose that to uh, to preview in the, the previous episode. Yeah, I think um, I forget which episode that was, but I think it was around the time that single was released. That I uh, yeah, that would have been one of the only ones out. Yeah, that I threw that in there because I I was excited about it. Because um, actually, I don't know, I don't know, Lauren, if you know this, but uh, um, your last record was actually. Uh, one of the two records on our first episode. Oh, cool. No, you know what? I think I did know that. I think I did know that. Um, and Caleb that's awesome. hated it. No, he didn't hate it. I didn't <laughs> hate it. <laughs> um, I do, that's actually one of the ones that I need to uh, to go back and give, uh, give another shot to. So I, I mentioned earlier how like the moment that I listen to a record is, is so important for my, my perception of it. Yeah, and uh, we we did a couple of uh, records throughout the the first few episodes where I really think I just listened to them at the wrong time, and there was the kids who's like, "You're gonna love this," and I listened. I'm like, "No, I don't." Yeah, it's like, okay, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was. But you're allowed to not like it. That's fine. Well, it's it's funny uh, because but, like there were so many records that I've picked that I thought like Caleb's not gonna like this, and he's loved them all. But I thought that one was such a slam dunk that when he he wasn't like in love with it right away, I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is one of the things that uh, actually made me that much happier when I put this one on and end of the world just slapped me in the face right away. Set you straight. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, no. Get your shit together, Coy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So so going on the the, uh, theme of singles, the second single, I believe, was Terrible Boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. Love that song. Um, I thought it was an interesting choice for a single since it is kind of a slower, uh, slower song. But I, you know, it's still really good. Thanks. I don't know why I phrase that like a question. It's still really good. Um, <laughs> it's really good. Is it? No, it is. <laughs> um, what uh, What made you choose that? Uh, I'm assuming that was your choice uh, for the second single. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, um, like, we knew we were going to release a few songs off the record before, um, you know, before it it comes out. And um, I didn't, I didn't just want to release, like, three, uh, like, full-on loud, fast rock songs, because that's not what the record sounds like. Um, Makes sense. So, so yeah, yeah, it was kind of that. I mean, it was, it was just like a, a good sample of kind of the, the range of the record for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I know. Um, that's like the song. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great song. I love, um, I, I love the line in the, in the chorus, a lighter left hand ain't so bad, which I'm assuming refers to like, uh, refers to a ring. I'm guessing. It's yeah. no longer there. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to dig too deep into like 
your personal that's thing fine. with that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I just I love that line. I think that's a really really poetic way to say that. And it's that's really stuck. It was one of the Thanks. first things on my first listen that that line really stuck with me. Yeah. Thanks. Well, yeah, and it's like I feel like there's a bunch of stuff on the record that I'm that I'm just like this might make no sense to people or like you know it, it, you wouldn't um necessarily pick up on it yeah. immediately. So um, yeah, there's also yeah, there's also a lot of lyrics that like, you know, took a lot of listens for me to be like, oh, I think okay, yeah, now I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like that's what. That's at least I think about. I do. Yep. There's mm-hmm. still stuff I don't yeah. get, and that's fine too. Um, yeah, I might ask you about it if we get to one of the songs. I might not. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, on the topic of the singles, I'm looking at the the artwork uh, for them. Is this teasing the the hole for the the? the like the eventual album cover or this just like variations on a theme um yeah it's just sort of variations on a theme i mean the the album cover is already out in the world um and all of the um all of the single covers are all made from the same like photo shoot um that that i did for the for the record so so it's all it's all just like pieces of the same whole Nice. Yeah. And so I assume you did you did the artwork for the record as well. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Neat. Yeah, I took all the. Yeah, I I I did all the all the layout. Feels like I lost something. Left it off to the side. Let it slip down the sink. Like I've been lifting weights. Then you take it away. I'm prepared for anything And if we're being honest I was not cut out to take you Now a lighter left hand ain't so bad Cause I make a terrible boyfriend I make a terrible comes next mm-hmm. um uh we're gonna talk about a song that's oh sorry okay yeah we'll do did that we not, did we not establish that sorry i forget how our format works a lot of the times 
Oh. Wait, what? Nobody. He's making a joke because I said what comes next, and he's saying is oh, like I was asking uh, what comes next. Who's on first? Yeah, got it. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Sorry. The comedy stylings of Caleb Coy, everyone. <sighs> Nobody deserves to be subjected to that. Yeah. Yet every week, here I am. And yet here you are. <laughs> I'm putting up with it for what twelve years now? Something like that. Something like that. Anyway. Uh, what comes next? Uh, this song stuck out to me because um, just listening to the record, when this song started, I thought, huh, we're at the closer already? That seems early. Because <laughs> this song just very much seems like it could have been uh, oh, yeah. a really good closer, um, especially if it had just gone out on like a repeating chorus fading out. I think it would have been a really cool closer. But then there's three killer songs after it, so it's like... Bonus. Um, That's cool. That's a nice observation. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. Was there ever was there ever a moment when you thought this might be the closer for the record? Maybe I could see that. I could see that. I feel like grand closing was always sort of the closer. That was like the done deal from the beginning. I okay. think. Um, but I mean, I you know we went through like eighty thousand different uh, track listings for for the for ten it. songs. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure that yeah <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've but obviously yeah. only heard it in this listing, but I think I think y'all mm-hmm. nailed it. It's it's sequenced really Thanks. well. Thank you. Which, speaking of sequencing, the next one in the sequence would be enough, which is another one of my favorites. <laughs> I think this is a really good just like example of like a classic warriors song like this is just um <laughs> yep. like, like if i had to pick one this just like this is all the things that warriors is like this this one this one would be it for me um on this record oh cool and um i i took so many 
uh, so many lyrical notes on this, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to really get into them because uh, it's just going to end up being a bummer. But um, the one thing <laughs> I will say is that uh, <coughs> if I didn't know better, I'd swear that you wrote this song about a relationship that I was in, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you didn't. Um, yeah, but this one for me was extremely relatable. Thanks. Well, I mean, in in a way, I always have to to be like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> people relate to some of my songs. But um, no, it's it's. I'm a, like, oh, I wish you had no idea what this feeling was like. But um, no, I'll tell you what though, it's it's a yeah. good thing because it for me, it's it's cathartic for me because it's like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who's been through something like this. Uh, yeah. someone else, you know, knows how I feel and understands how I feel. And, and like, they got through it and they wrote a song about it. So like, I'm going to be okay. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's always really cathartic for me in songwriting. So, so hopefully, you know, it, there's always that like coming out on the other side of it that, that I think can be useful in, in the songs. So I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad that you get that, that feeling from it. I talked earlier when you were talking about the, like the, the production of the record, you, you mentioned some stuff with like the, the panning effects and, um, I, I did specifically call out the, uh, the outro on relentless noise. I loved the, the vocal kind of like callbacks. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. Forth between uh-huh. channels. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was just absolutely brilliant, especially like. I mean, you have this like kind of like instrumental breakdown, the bass solo, and then you have this just like back and forth, like kind of lo-fi vocals. Uh, Thanks. It's just such a really cool way to end that track. So something like that, like really like catches my ear and like stands out. And I I think that that was really neat. Was that something that um, just like you you planned on or was one of those Mm -hmm. like in the moment in the studio or like, wait, let's try this. And like, holy shit, this is amazing. Let's keep going. Um, No, that was definitely a planned thing. Um, okay. From what I remember, that was that was something that I had even in my, in my demos of the song that I put that oh, nice. I put that together. Neat. Um, so, uh, but yeah, and then I mean, you know, not everything from the demos like that ended up on the record. So um, it was it was cool to hear it, you know, recorded quote unquote for real, um, and and have that actually work into it, and that. You know that still sounded good on the on the final version. So I'm I'm psyched. Whenever people pick up on stuff like that, I'm like, oh yeah, uh huh. <laughs> like that was cool to me. I'm I'm glad somebody else likes it. So yeah, validation. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that was that definitely that like vibe of of the song. That sort of like lo-fi kind of thin Lizzy cheap trick ish vocal thing. I was psyched on. I would like to ask about Curious. Okay. You curious yeah. about you, you might <laughs> say I'm curious about it. So this this song has been driving me nuts since I first heard it in a, in a good way because the first half of the chorus sounds so familiar to me and I can oh, no. I can almost hear like what it reminds me of but then like the next line kicks in and I'm like it's it's already taken me away from it. Cool. And I can't get there and I'm like it's it's this close and I just can't find it and it's driving yeah. me crazy. Um, does anyone have any idea what I might be hearing there? <laughs> well, I hope I didn't just directly rip off a hook. So you know, <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know. I mean, I love that um, this is this is the discussion that we thought we were having with the like the second track, uh, and and now here we are. It's actually yeah. happening. Yeah. No. Um. It, it's 
it, so it's it's either one of those things where uh, um, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago with with White Reaper, where like it's one of those things that like it's such a good hook that like I'm convinced I must have heard it before, and that's cool. Yeah and, yeah, and not that not in the way that like oh there's no way you wrote a hook this good, but more just like how has this much time gone by that no one has written this hook before because it's that perfect. I, I think it's cool. more. I like that compliment. Yeah, I think that's yes. that's kind of how it feels to me. Like it's it's because I can't find what my brain yeah. thinks it is. I'm I'm thinking it's probably more that it's just such an, an obvious good hook that I'm like ah of course that's the hook like that's always existed. How is it not? lyrical question if if you if you sure. don't mind um you don't uh-huh. have to answer this if you don't want to but uh i don't know if i'm hearing it right but I, in the chorus is there a line give all my money to the big blue building mm-hmm. yep what is that mm-hmm. i've been trying i've been racking my brain trying to figure out what that's this a reference is so, to it, this is so it, i i don't know if this is just dorky or what but um no the 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 big blue building is a reference to the scientology center in la and i live in that neighborhood oh so. uh, okay yeah. It's the big blue building. It's like literally the big blue building. Okay. Um, but so but why are you that's, giving that's them what that, your money? Well, that, no, I mean, um, uh, the song is about what your mindset would have to be to, or what I, I think one's mindset would have to be to buy into something like that. Ah, okay. Uh, so, so Yeah. I give none of my money to the Big Blue Building. I give none of my money to them. Nor should you. They don't need it. <laughs> no. Nope. And they're only going to do terrible things with it. Um, I just want to, like, you, you mentioned briefly earlier, Grand Closing. And first of all, that's a fucking great name for and an song. And how you, like, you knew that it was going to be the, the closer. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, 
I have to specifically lay, say that the line "Happy fucking New Year" is a sentiment that I will always be able to get behind. Uh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, that. It, it it just had to be that lyric. That's one of those things that it sounds like that's a little that's a little much. Um, I think, but that just it just worked and it stayed. I think whether by like sheer coincidence or maybe because of the bleakness of winter, I feel like so much bad happens in the, the like December to January time frame, and like mm-hmm. you know, so many people like want the new year to be like this big new beginning, like change and like everything's fresh and whatnot. But like those of us with a more realistic outlook are like, well, this fucking started out awesome, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Walking near the water, I can see the very spot you said you would. Then you got drunk and all our friends so don't you dare fuck this up So this is how it goes And this is how I walk now So this is how the weight feels Will I ever sleep? So I think we've actually talked about every song on this record except for one. But before we talk about that one, uh, Mm -hmm. Lauren, you have some tour dates coming up. Do you want to plug those? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Well, um, 
We are touring the eastern half of the U.S. with Brian Fallon and the Howling Weather. And then, Neat. and also Justin Towns Earl. And that starts March 12th, I think, is the first, the first date. So we're doing that. And if you're on the western half of the country, or really more just like the west coast, um, I'm on tour solo with uh, Kevin Devine and John K. Sampson in May. For those of us who, who are interested in those tour dates, where can we find those? Those are just, yeah, that you can just find all of those on our website. It's just warriorsmusic.com. Fantastic. We'll put the uh, link to that in the show notes as well. For those Great. of you who don't like to type things out or remember things. Remembering things is the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're in all the obvious places yeah. on, on the internet. Just Google it. You'll find it. You know, I mentioned the uh, song Enough, like really hitting home for me and, and feeling like in another universe, it could have been about, you know, exactly something I went through. And then even on your last record, there are a couple songs that I really related to. And Brian Fallon is another artist for me that has songs like that, that throughout his entire catalog, mm -hmm. you know, it, it almost seems like he's just kind of a little bit ahead of me in like going through things because like every time one of his records comes out, there's a, there's at least one song where I'm like, oh man, I really needed this song like right now for this thing I just went through. Yeah. So like no, he's a wonderful lyricist. Oh, phenomenal! But uh, so yeah, that's gonna be some some real big feelings uh, for me <laughs> on on uh, at those shows, which I didn't even intend to do that. But hey, that's a segue into the last song that we want to talk about. There you go. Uh, oh, I get which it. Which is which is mm. big feelings. Do you do you have anything you uh, you want to say about it? Uh, this was a really fun song for me. Um, I think I really enjoy writing about weird relationships in songs um, and like weird scenarios that aren't just like uh, a love song or a friendship or something. Um, and I, I was excited to get to write a poppy song that was about having a lot of feelings for a friend and just being cool with that and, and liking that. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like everyone probably has that that feeling for somebody at some point that's just yeah. like or even just like a friend crush yeah you know it's like somebody that's like i don't want to date you but you're amazing and i want to be around you all the time and and i feel like there there are varying levels of that and and i really like being able to kind of write a love song that's that's about that i think so. you just very eloquently summed up uh caleb and i's relationship with each other just right there <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> pretty much there yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's nice it was uh it was like at first sight. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that song a lot. Um, the guitar solo in it absolutely rips, by the way. Um, thanks. It's all Frank. Yeah, no, Frank, Frank rips. Frank. Yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> We're going to hear uh, Big Feelings to, to close this out. Uh, the third track on uh, You Are Someone You Know, the new album by Warriors, out today on 6131 Records. And uh, Lauren, thank you so much for uh, coming on our podcast and talking with us and, and uh, sharing this record with us. We've uh, really appreciated it. The record's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please go buy the record. Don't just stream it because, you know, streaming's great for, for checking stuff out, but it doesn't really help the band. So buy the record if you can. Go check out a tour date. Yeah, check out the tour dates, and uh, we'll catch you all next week. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys.
again. 